Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. Now, Cabinet has called on public institutions to uphold the highest standard of integrity and accountability. And briefing the media in Pretoria on Cabinet's recent meetings, Justice and Correctional Services Minister Ronald Lamula says that uh, they've called on those institutions to fulfill their mandates and fulfill them effectively and efficiently. The meeting also raised concerns regarding allegations of corruption affecting COVID-19 relief processes. Maluti Obuseng compiled this report. Presidential spokesperson and Gauteng ANC PEC member Kusela Diko, Health MEC Dr. Bandile Masuku and the city of Johannesburg's MMC Loiso Masuku have taken a leave of absence. They have been implicated in the personal protective equipment tender scandal. This is just one of many alleged corruption-related incidents that Cabinet is concerned about. Justice and Correctional Services Minister Ronald Lamola says government is committed to dealing with corruption. As part of strengthening these interventions, Cabinet also approved the setting up of a team of four ministers to, among others, look into all COVID-19-related procurements made during the lockdown period and strengthen the current procurement system. The team comprises of the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, Mr. Ronald Lamula, who is the convener, Minister of Finance, Mr. Tito Mboweni, Minister of Public Service and Administration, Mr. Senzo Mkunu, the Minister of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, Dr. Nkosa Zana Lamini Zuma, and Minister in the Presidency, Mr. Jackson Mtembo. Last week, President Cyril Ramaphosa signed a proclamation for the SIU to investigate allegations relating to the misuse of COVID-19 relief funds. He also announced the formation of a ministerial committee to investigate allegations of corruption related to the procurement of personal protective equipment. The committee comprises seven cabinet ministers. Justice and Correctional Services Minister Ronald Lamola will head the committee. The committee is going to order as the president has already done all government departments across the country to publish the list of all those that um, have received or participated in any procurement during this uh, period of the national state of disaster. From that step, law enforcement agencies, if there is any suspicion or allegations of any corruption, they will have the information at hand. It is aimed to ensure that it is known who got the tender for how much, what was the purpose of that day? Lamola also had a message for the law enforcement agencies. They must act without fear or fever. They must do their job. They have been freed. If there was any doubt that they, they must not do their job, cabinet is saying they must just do what the constitution says. It is constitutionally guaranteed. No one is going to intervene or interfere on the job of law enforcement agencies. What we are doing in the committee is to make the information and put it at their disposal. The committee will also look at ways in which law enforcement agencies can be supported to ensure that they have resources to fight corruption. I'm Maluti Ubusheng in Pretoria. Now, as the country works towards overcoming uh, the uh, social and economic fallout of COVID-19, government has put in place a, a comprehensive package of interventions to mitigate the expected impact of the pandemic. Now, this includes measures to support and protect women in our society during these challenging times. So to tell us more about this uh, newly formed cabinet committee and how it will operate, we join on the line by John Jeffrey, Deputy Minister of Justice and Correctional Services. Thanks for your time this afternoon, Mr. Jeffrey. Uh, thanks for having me, but I understood I was to be talking about the gender-based violence bills, not the cabinet committee. 
Uh, well, uh, my understanding was that we would be speaking to both. Uh, but uh, if you are not comfortable speaking about it, then I will not go there. Uh, are you comfortable speaking about uh, the new interministerial committee? Uh, no, I wanted to speak. I was asked to speak on the GBV bills and... Uh, um, I was asked whether I wanted to speak on the Cabinet Committee as well, but said I'd like to focus on the GBV bill. So I'm sorry there's been a misunderstanding. There does seem to be. All right, uh, let's let's focus on uh, the uh, the gender-based violence bill and exactly uh, how we are going to uh, see this unfold, uh, Mr. Jeffrey. Where are we at and what is it that government seeks to do about that right now? All right, well, thanks. Thanks for that opportunity. Look, basically, on Wednesday, Cabinet approved uh, the introduction of three bills into Parliament, uh, one dealing with improving the Domestic Violence Act, so it's the Domestic Violence Amendment Bill, another one uh, amending the Sexual Offences Act, um, and what that does is um, uh, change some of the crimes, so the crime of incest in, in particular is one of them, and then the other is, is dealing with the National Register for Sexual Offenders, uh, widening its ambit quite a bit. And then the third one is the Criminal uh, Laws Amendment Bill, and that makes it more uh, difficult to get bail. Uh, where a, a, a prosecutor doesn't prosecute a domestic violence case, they must give reasons. Uh, and it deals also with, with sentences and the need to consult the victims when the person gets parole. So uh, some of these instruments, like uh, the register for uh, sexual offenders, uh, there's been a lot of criticism around that, uh, saying that, you know, uh, basically it is perhaps not as effective a tool as it was intended to be. Uh, what has been your assessment of it? Look, that, uh, the register came from Parliament uh, when the uh, Parliament was dealing with the uh, Sexual Offences Act. And I think it was probably seemed like a good idea at the time, but it was limited only to uh, people being on the register who'd committed sexual offences against uh, children and people with uh, mental disabilities. Uh, so um, it, it proved then quite difficult to set up. Uh, it also was only for people who were going to be employed working with children or people with mental disabilities. So the ambit was quite narrow. So that was the sort of problem with it. And the, the idea of the amendments is to, to widen the jurisdiction quite considerably. Basically, any person who commits a sexual offence uh, will have their name on the register. And it, anyone who's working with children or young women uh, or old people uh, will have to have their names checked against the register. Mm. And also the efficacy of uh, centres like the Tutuzela Care Centres, the role of the sexual offences courts. And again, these are not new things that we are talking about, um, uh, Mr. Jeffrey, but there are some problems, there are some hiccups with regard to how they actually operate and the services that women actually get when they go to these centres. Look, I'm not um, sure what you're talking about specifically. Uh, the main problem with the Tutuzela Care Centres, which are attached to hospitals or clinics and run by the National Prosecuting Authority effectively, is that the main problem is there aren't enough of them. Um, well, they, you know, the Minister approved regulations recently to set the minimum standards for those sexual offences courts. 
they still have to then be designated, but uh, the public should be able to expect, know what they, they can get from a sexual offences court, what services they can expect. So um, I, I think the issue with them is more rolling them out more uh, and also ensuring with the sexual offences courts that prosecutions, uh, the trials actually take place within a shorter period. I mean, ideally, look, we've been messed up by, by the effect of COVID, but ideally uh, prosecutions in rape cases should start within a year of the offence being committed. And, uh, of course, as you say, you know, access uh, being uh, one of those issues and not having enough of them. And uh, these are issues that uh, have been ongoing, uh, Mr. Jeffrey. And at what point uh, do we stop talking about issues such as these? Because we have a country where we have a serious problem when it comes to rape and gender-based violence. And it seems a bit absurd that we are in 2020 still talking about rolling out and making sure that there are enough of these centres across the country when we have an actual problem. Well, they are being rolled out. Um, the sexual offences courts in quite significant numbers. Uh, the Tutuzela Care Centres less so. Uh, the difficulty is that there just aren't the resources to ensure that each community can have a Tutuzela Care Centre, and it, it uh, also uh, there would probably wouldn't be the numbers of sexual offences in those uh, in those communities to justify a, a Tutuzela Care Centre, uh, because remember they are staffed by medical practitioners, uh, by other service providers, uh, an NPA coordinator, so they do require a, a particular volume. Uh, so, as I said, I think that we'll, we'll never have enough of them, uh, but we are rolling it out. Uh, the key issue is to improve their effectiveness, and these three bills that are coming to Parliament uh, are designed to, to improve existing laws and to tighten them up. Oh, Mr. John Jeffrey, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, apologies uh, for uh, the quality on that line um, was cutting out there at times. Uh, that was the Deputy Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, uh, John Jeffrey. And also, um, as he said, uh, seem uh, to have communicated past each other there uh, because uh, the spokesperson had assured us that we could speak to the Deputy Minister about uh, the interministerial uh, committee that was set up as well. But unfortunately, uh, the, uh, the Deputy Minister didn't see to get that particular message.